Kingdom Connections. Yes, we are back. We are back again. We are taking God's word and making it relatable. We have to be doers of his word, not hearers only. Father God, in your precious name, I come to you, Lord, asking you. And before I even ask you anything, Lord, I give you thanks and praise for being who you are. It's great to lift you up because you are greater than anything on this earth. You are the great I am, and I worship you, and I am humbled by your presence. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you're doing. I ask you, Lord, that you bless this podcast, and you bless this live on Facebook, that whatever comes out, comes out from you and not me. In your name I pray. Amen. I like, this, I like the direction things are going right now with this podcast. Because right here I have my, my, I have my podcast I'm recording on the phone. And then I have Facebook Live here. So recording in two areas at, at once. And what we've been doing lately is talking about apologetics and defending the gospel. More often now than ever before, truth is being challenged. Truth is being transformed. Do we know how to defend our faith? Do we know how to defend who we are, who we, uh, who we set ourselves to be? If we are calling ourselves this thing, can, can we defend the thing that we are calling ourselves? And what tends to happen is you know, some people are curious. They ask questions. Why this? How this? Why this? Uh, and, and we as Christians, as people who are studied, should be able to answer these questions at least at a basic level. Or if you can't answer some of the questions, refer to them to someone who can or research it yourself and get back to them. But whenever there is a question, a genuine question, a question that should be answered, seek out the answer and try to get them the answer. So the question for today is, how can a good God allow evil? Hmm. How can a good God allow Allow evil. And I read this question in my head, and I'm like, and I've heard this many times. How can a good God allow evil? But when I think about it, I think about the people who ask it. It's from the standpoint of the of the uh, of the non-believer. So I kind of wonder what they mean by good. Are they using good as a standard from God, or they're using air quotes like how can they air quote good? God allow evil. First, they have to know. We have to know what they mean by good. How are, how how do you know what good is? How are you measuring the level of good? What kinds of things are happening to show forth good? And how can you apply that to God? So the question is, how can a good God allow evil? We're going to answer that. This is. So many different ways to go after this. And I wrote down a couple of things. So if someone were to ask you this, don't be so quick to answer. Think about it. Every single question that you're asked, don't be pressed to answer things quickly because you don't want to make an error. You want to make sure that your answers are thoughtful, are meaningful, and, and does promote dialogue and exploration. You want something positive to come out of it. Even if the positive thing is you answering the question correctly, then rejecting it and you walking away. Still a positive outcome because you told them you told them truth. They just chose to reject it. So here it is. 
one way to think about it is there is always a possibility for anything to occur if you're curious enough to explore it. I'll say it again. There is always a possibility for anything to occur if you're curious enough to explore it. We have the sayings, curiosity killed the cat. Why did curiosity kill the cat? Because the cat didn't know any better. Animals have instincts. Animals don't have reason like humans do. They learn, they adapt, but their learning is more so for adapting and survival. Not really growth and achievement like humans. So curiosity killed the cat because the cat didn't learn from the mistakes. Or the cat didn't sense any danger lurking around the corner. So the possibility of the cat being killed was there. The cat didn't have to get killed if they didn't exercise their curiosity on that thing that killed him or her. Also, you have babies that explore their surroundings. Babies are very, very curious. Possibilities occur if you're curious enough. If they, the, 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 the child is exploring at the top of the stairs, there's a possibility for the child to fall down the stairs if they're not careful. The child is a child. They don't know any better. But the great thing that sets us apart from animals is that we can learn, we can adapt, and we can reason. And we can grow. So as we uh, explore our surroundings as babies, we are being taught and we grow and we grow and then we start to make our own decisions and inferences and, and all these kinds of things. So animals versus humans, totally different. One is instinct, one is reason. So there's always a possibility for anything to occur. If you're curious enough to explore it, it's there. If you don't explore it, you don't know it's there. So how does God allow evil? Evil was always there. There was always a possibility of evil. That's the connection I'm drawing. Always a possibility of evil. When God created man and woman, there was a possibility of evil. We want to explore another reason um, that uh, there is evil is when something is happening or there is a potential thing that's attractive over there on that side of the street or on that website or in that conversation or in that relationship. If there's something that is interesting to us, we want to explore it. But sometimes... Thank God for people who have experienced, they warn us about that thing or that person or that website or that relationship. Don't go there. There's danger there. But we want to explore danger instead of learning from those whose lives have already experienced its effects. These people are teaching us, don't do this. Don't do this. That's not a good idea because they have already experienced the hurt themselves or they have indirectly known somebody who has experienced these things and they're trying to take that knowledge, turn it into wisdom, apply it to their life and also teach it to someone else so they don't have to make those same mistakes. But us as humans, we are hard-headed. We don't trust the source of the knowledge. Of the, we, don't, we don't trust the source sometimes. Depending on who that knowledge is coming from, we don't trust it. 
because we want to have a bad experience or we might think that they are not cool. We, we reject it based upon who they are. We're not listening to the advice that's being given. We li- we're looking at the people who are giving the advice. I know sometimes there are people who are not, they're, they're not worth 25 cents. But at that moment, God might pour some wisdom into them that's meant for you. You have to just discern that. But us as humans and people who are fallen, we want to take things into our own hands and explore. So when we explore, there's possibility of danger. There's possibility of success. But there's always a possibility of something. There is an unknown there that can soon become known. If you continue to explore that. When we explore these things, we want to be Lord over our own life. We want to be our own God. We want to do things the way we want to do them. We want to say things the way we want to say them. We want to say it how, using the kind of words we want to use. Because we want to be Lord over our own lives. We want to rule our lives. How well are we doing that? We're not doing too well. How do I know we're not doing too well? Statistics all over the place. There are people who are on drugs, dying of drugs. There are people who are over sex. They have all these kind of diseases. There are are broken homes. All the fathers are gone out of the black homes. All these things are happening because people have decided to govern themselves. When people take things into their own hands and they do not listen to the father, the source, then of course there's going to be destruction. Because you're pulling from your own knowledge, which is limited. We have to go to the Lord. Now, for me, my personal struggle, my personal struggle is I, I'm an aggressive go-getter and I'm a planner. When I want something, I go after it aggressively and I obsess over it. I am controlling when it comes to my own life. I want to know what's happening this time and this time. I want to plan this time and I want to, and I could improvise, but I want to know this and this, this at this time and at this time of the year, I'm going to be here. I'm going to go here. I have to know what's happening. I got chest ties about that this past weekend because I'm, I'm trying to control so much, but the Lord has great things for me. I have to relax and allow those great things to manifest. But I'm so aggressive at being a go-getter. I'm trying to be Lord of my own life. Even though the Lord is my life, I still try to Lord over certain things. He wants us to be totally surrendered. He wants me to surrender that aggressive planning, uh, that aggressive go-getting. That's there. I need to have that. But if that gets in the way of what the Lord is doing in my life, I have to give that up. I have to step back and allow him to to. To do his work. But a lot of times we want to go after and do these things ourselves and we can't. When we go after our own knowledge, evil is present. Because we have an evil heart. Until it's transformed. Before we are transformed, we have an evil heart. Everything we do has evil intentions. You could be the sweetest, most kindest person. It still has evil intent. Because you're not doing it through the lens of Christ. Anything that's not done through the lens of Christ is through the lens of something else. And we know what that is. God has given us free will. The question is, how can a good God allow evil? The most popular answer, my go-to is, God has given us free will. He 
allows you in this in this time to do anything you want. Anything you want. If you want to go steal a motorcycle, go right ahead. If you want to go and be promiscuous, go right ahead. It's happening all the time. If you want to go out and cheat on your taxes, if you want to go out and, uh, I don't know, do crazy things. You know, there's a million different things. Go right ahead. You can control anything you do. But one thing you can't control, you can't control the, circ- the circumstances that follow. Whatever happens as a result, you can't control. What's the consequence for stealing? Jail. What's the consequence of vehicular manslaughter because you're mad at somebody? Jail. What's, that, what's the consequence of being promiscuous? Children. Disease. Sin against your own body. There are, there are consequences to your free will. But the reason he's given us free will because he wants us to freely love him. Love is only love when it's a choice. When you choose to act, to be active in it. When you choose to activate it. Because without free will, our relationship is meaningless. There is no meaning to our relationship with Christ without love. Without free will will. Christ exercised his free will as a man on this earth and died on the cross for us. That was love. That was free will. If we are made in in the image of God, God has free will. So do we. He can choose to save us and choose not to save us. He can choose to keep us here alive or take us out right now. We can just, I could just stop breathing right now. And I'd be home with the father. Because that's his choice. It's his free will that's keeping me alive. So I'm going to use my free will to serve him. So when he does decide to exercise his free will and take me home, I'm going home with him. But going back to evil, evil is present because people choose evil. When you're in sin, you have no choice but to choose evil because that's your nature. Paul said that in one of his books. It's your nature to choose evil. But when you're on on the side of Christ, you have had a heart transplant. Your heart has been changed and has been renewed. So now you you don't have to choose evil. You can choose good. You can choose those good works that have been made for you before the beginning of time. God gave us order. He also gave us order. He gives us free will, but he gives order. Things fit together in a certain way. If all the all the parts in an engine are working, it's going to make that car go. If the, all the mechanisms in our, our, our wristwatch is working, that watch is going to work. It's going to function. Every single piece works together for the, for, for the watch to successfully run. Same thing for the car. When something is off, if there's a tick that's off, if there's something that's bent out of whack, the whole system is going to collapse and it's not going to be functional until it's fixed. 
That's us before Christ. We were not functional. We did not fit in the body like we we're supposed to fit in the body because we were broken. We were broken. And God has sent his son to, 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 to save us so we can have the Holy Spirit so we can be put back in place where we were originally designed to be in the order that he provided. When evil is present, it's out of order. It's out of order when evil is present. So when we choose Christ, he's making us a little less evil as time passes. Less and less and less evil. Thank God for that. God didn't allow evil. God didn't allow evil. He's not, he's, he didn't go up and say, okay, go ahead and do evil. Go ahead. That's, evil is not his nature. Evil is not his nature. So you'll say, so why is there evil? He did not allow evil. But he allowed the possibility for evil. Going back to the first quote I wrote, there is always a possibility for anything to occur if you're curious enough to explore it. He didn't allow evil. He allowed the possibility for evil. And that happens when you decide to seek knowledge from a different source. When you seek knowledge from a different source and you apply it, that means that you are out of order, out of God's order. That means that you are not operating as you should in the kingdom of God. And when you're not operating as you should, you're doing evil. People think of evil as murder, uh, cheating on your spouse, fighting. Evil is lying. Evil is cheating on your taxes. Evil is wrong thoughts, wrong intentions. There's a whole list of, of evil things that people do. And all of it starts inside. It's internal. But when we decide to seek our own knowledge, that's what happens. That's what happens. How did all that happen? Well, we have to go back to the beginning. And I have my, my uh, scripture here. Genesis. The story of Adam and Eve can be, you can break that into hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of teachings. I keep going back to this, to these verses for almost everything. It always connects back to the beginning. It's amazing how the whole Bible connects back to Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Everything. It's amazing. Here's the story. I'm going to go from Genesis 3. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, 1 through 7. Here's what it says. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals of the Lord God had, had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Eve said, of course we may eat fruit from the tree in the garden. If um, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. 
You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At the moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. That's Genesis 3, 1 through 7. At that moment, the fall happened. Now, in the beginning, it says, the serpent was speaking to Eve. It says, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? And then she replied, of course we may. Now, when she replied, it makes me think, how many times has this serpent talked to Eve that she was so quick to respond? There's no instance in the Bible other than the donkey that humans were talking to animals, having conversations with them. But here she's having a full-blown conversation with the serpent. And she wasn't taken aback by it. How many times has she talked to this serpent? How many times was he hammering this thing in her brain to finally, at the end, convince her? It might not have been a direct question. But but looking but now the Lord, I, I think it's the Lord or me, just me. It says, did God really say you must not eat the fruit? That sounds like to me that she explained already to the serpent. Or this is a conversation. This is a continuation of a conversation. Or he was listening in on a conversation. But either way. I don't believe this is the first time that she started to talk to this serpent. But that's not as important. The important thing is he convinced her because it says she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it, it gave her. So it was the less of the flesh, the less of the eye and the pride of life. Those three sins. We have lust. We lust after our flesh. We want to be able to feel good. We like the way things look. And we want the best life we can possibly have. We just want, 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 want. Never satisfied with what we have. She had the whole world. She had the whole world with Adam. Everything. She was perfect in every way. And she didn't realize how perfect she was. Did Adam tell her how perfect she was? I'm sure. But what did the enemy say to her to lower her self-esteem to the point where she felt she didn't have enough? In her mind, in her knowledge, in her wisdom that she's applying, air quotes, wisdom, she felt that she was not enough. So she wanted to be just like God, even though she already was. She explored the possibility of knowing good and evil, not knowing what knowing evil will do to her. She died that day. So did her husband. And the fall happened not because of Eve. The fall happened because of Adam. 
Because Adam's the head. Adam has the direct connection with the father. Adam was instructed before Eve, Eve was even an Eve. And it was his responsibility to be able to save his, his wife. And I'm pretty sure she could have been redeemed and transformed and been okay. But because Adam didn't listen to God, but instead of listening to his wife, which was knowledge that wasn't from the source that he was normally getting it from, he fell. Thanks, guys. Now we had to suffer all the things we're suffering because y'all messed up. But we messed up too. We can't throw stones. But I want to read this one last thing to you. Because the question, once again, is how can a good God allow evil? He doesn't allow evil. We choose to do evil. Evil came in to the world based upon our choice, our decision. Because if God is going to get rid of all the evil, he will wipe all of us off because we've all done evil. That includes our thought life. The evil that we think is just as good because those evil thoughts become evil actions. So we will all be wiped out. He might start with me. But he has provided a way for us to be restored. His son. Here it says, I got this from God Questions. God's desire is that, I put quote here, quote, God's desire is that all, uh, for all of our sake, we would obey him that it might be well with us. That's in Deuteronomy 5.29. Instead, what happens is that we choose our own way and then we blame God for not doing anything about it. Such is the heart of sinful man. But Jesus came to change man's heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he does this for those who will turn from evil and call on him to save them from their sins and its consequences. Everything has consequences. But thank God he has redeemed us so we don't have to suffer the consequences of sin, which is eternal death, eternal separation from God. And then so thankful. Do we still do some evil things? Yeah, because we got flesh. We have the flesh. And sometimes we do some things that are not nice. Not nice. We say some things to hurt hurt feelings because we're insecure. If you're hurting somebody's feelings, side note, if you purposely go out and hurt somebody's feelings, you're insecure. You got to get yourself together. You're not as big, as big and bad as you think you are. Going back into it, got off of the tangent. Don't know why I said that, but I needed to say it. But we, we, have, we have to take responsibility for our actions because we are the one who, do, who does evil. No one is making us do it. We are making the decision to do it. So it's not, a God, it's not God allowing it. There is just possibility. And we are choosing the path that we are walking. Father God, I thank you, Jesus, for your, your wisdom, Lord, that you have in your word. And for giving us a way to apply it. Help us, Lord, to come to you even more than we ever have before. Everything, Lord, that we need every single day is in you. We don't go to you enough when we pray. We don't go to you enough when we have an issue. When we just need a word from you. Help us to do that, Lord. Help us to be humbled enough to know that you are going to provide what needs to be provided. 
Help us not to be afraid of what's going to come because everything that's going to come from you is going to be good and it's going to be perfect and it's going to work well for our lives. You love us and you want the best for us. Help us to realize that. We have a hard time realizing that you, an all-powerful God, does love this flawed human being. And you are doing all that you can to get it through our, our skulls that you love us unconditionally. And we are thankful for that, Father. We, we just praise your name for that. And we thank you. You know, let me pray. Amen. Amen. God bless. God bless.